knew about the mother, but I, I had very strange experiences with her and Shurabindu. So then later on I discovered that I have been with them in previous lives, but that was much later. So, but uh, in in this life it was strange. I I went to Shakespeare Sarini. I I think recounted this story even before that. Mother's first experience was when I was in medical college, final year MBBS, and um, for 15 days successively every night I had a strange experience that I would sleep and after some time I would. Uh, uh, like a rope is twisting and turning all around and then it increases in uh, frequency and it's my being which is twisting, turning. That's how I am putting in words like 20 year old uh, and then suddenly I am out of the body and then I ex enter a space which is um, ill-lit. It is lit but not very well lit, probably the mind space, <laughs> ill-lit space. And uh, then I see uh, on my right, it was the Divine Mother, but I had not seen her picture. But I used to pray to Saraswati. So I thought it's Mother Saraswati sitting on a white lotus. The, uh, you know, you see that picture of, with Ravindraji's book where she's standing, but here it, she was sitting on the lotus. Uh, no Veena, nothing. But I just felt she's Mother Saraswati, my Easter Devi. And on the right, on, on my left, that means uh, right that way, but my left, there is an old man who is approaching me. And he comes, he's coming nearer and nearer. And then as he comes nearer, he's not, uh, no fear about it. And I'm just watching and he, then he wants to either touch me or hold me or uh, God knows what, but he's putting his hand towards me, probably to hold me. He doesn't look like uh, terrifying or something. And then I look to the Divine Mother's side and then he stops and just goes away. And then I uh, am back into my body with uh, uh, like this kind of gasping, you know, uh, breath. So first day, first night, uh, strange experience. And then second night, then third night, then I shared with a few friends. Because, you know, you are also studying medicine. So you wonder whether you are having some epileptic seizures or something. But same experience. And I didn't know about out-of-body experiences and all this that time. I was going through a phase of agnosticism actually. So I had read a lot of books earlier, scriptures, almost everything. But uh, I was going through a phase that all this personal nirvana, salvation I don't want. And what I seek about this earth, there is uh, nothing like that. So uh, I would prefer to be a good doctor and a good human being. That was the end of my... So I had stopped going to believing in that kind of God. Uh, well, agnostic. So all these experience, this experience started. Fifteen nights it continued. Same thing, without a break. Now I know that old man was the old consciousness which was trying to, you know, uh, hold me. Uh, I was born with something else, and this was trying to, you know, get back into me. And the divine mother's presence. But I didn't know she's the divine mother. That's the interesting part. <coughs> One more experience like that, I remember a very strange experience where I was running on a pond and this pond had a break suddenly where you could just drown if you are not conscious. Um, so I never had been to that pond, My must be 5, 6 and one day I managed to sneak into that pond and you know there were all kinds of stories about that pond and so I was curious. It was far off in my village and I quietly just went there not telling my mom that I am going there otherwise no chance. 
and then I saw and uh, I felt uh, like running. So, you know, child or whatever. Uh, it was not a good running that I am enjoying. It was something like, you know, something chasing or so I want to run. So I ran real fast and I had no awareness of this sudden break where you will land into the water if next step. And I still remember that I jumped and then as if vertically I landed straight on that uh, portion after which there is a break. And during that jump, the only word I remember is Ma. Why I have called Ma, I don't know. And uh, for some time I am just wondering why I have not gone into the water. <laughs> then I stopped wondering, okay, great. So I just hastily retreat and come out. Didn't mention to my parents for quite some time because, you know, they, that pond was supposed to be whatever people not advised to go there and I had gone there, I had done. But that experience is very, yes. So again, calling Ma. So there, there was a connect without my knowing it. And it was good that this was shielded from me because in the bargain, I ended up exploring a lot, reading a lot, going through agnosticism, all kinds of things. So it prepared me uh, in a certain sense a kind of base. <coughs> then of course many things happened and uh, many disclosures but uh, nothing from my family. My, all my parents, sister, everybody turned to Mother and Shubindo after I got an opening. In fact, my mother, when she went to ashram, the only question she asked was, yeah, dining room, khana mein piyaj hota hai ki nahi? Because, you know, there were <laughs> Shuddh, Pakka, Vaishnava, Brahmin, so... <laughs> I didn't know what I said, <laughs> because she could smell onion even if on that vessel uh, something of onion was cooked and later on you had normal food, but she would say, isme hai. so I just prayed. I said, I, I don't know till I never found out because I didn't want to be caught telling a lie. So I said, I have told this mother, take care of this. So if I found out, I would feel very bad that I, you know, I told a lie to my mom. I prefer to be silent. But I told impulsively, I said, well, nahi hota, because I wanted them to taste the dining room food. So I never found out. And this is a touchy question. Hota hai ki nahi hota. I don't want to find out because if, if it is, I'll feel bad. Why should I tell a lie? I could have told her, so it, that's how it was. <laughs> but they they loved it and they they really turned towards mother. My mother left her body like that, and she was on the deathbed. And uh, I was called because she told the nurse that you know call my son. I'm very uncomfortable. And I went there and I asked her, uh, "What do you want?" She said, "Both chatpat ho I'm feeling very restless." I said, "What do you want?" She said, "I want mukti." So I put my hand over a heart because that's where I concentrate and there's the divine presence. I said, uh, ma, concentrate karo, ko yaad karo. So two, three minutes, she said, nahi ho rahe, nahi ho rahe. I can't, I can't. And she's very breathless. She had a disease where, you know, this was the inevitable process. So then I put my hand over her head and I said, you think of mother and you just think of mother here. And I started calling Ma, Ma, Ma. In that state, she left body. The most beautiful way. And it was, uh, since I am at it, just to complete this experience. So my first response was, I uh, prayed to mother, called my sister, who was in the same city. And I said, you know, mom has passed away. You please come and take care of the outer things. I have to go to the center. Because there was a relic center. She said, I am coming in. 10 minutes. She was very close. 
So I didn't even wait for her to come. It was hospital where I worked. I knew everybody will take care well. So telling them that I am going, my sister is coming. I rushed to the center. So we had relics of Shurabindo and the mother. I mean Shurabindo. Uh, so I just um, I had small samadhi. So I put my hands around and I bowed my my head. And then I heard a voice there. Now I am your physical mother also. So I said, this is so wonderful. Yeah. Uh, for mother to be a physical mother. And I can tell you the way she looked after in everything. And I'm sure she does it to everyone. So there's no, not something unique about it. Uh, the way she looked after, I mean, even a physical mother uh, cannot in everything, in every way. And one small example I can give you is like, you know, I'm staying in an ashram house. So when I shifted there, um, my wife told me, you keep a fridge. I said, what will I do? I, you know, I don't want to keep anything in the fridge. And No, no, you will make tea, so at least to keep for milk. Because I have a house of my own, so she, she stays there. She's also an ashramite. But there was a need for somebody to stay in the ashram house. It's an old age home. So they asked me, I said, I've been wanting to live near the ashram. This is wonderful. So I said, anyways, fridge has come. It has come. Now it is... Uh, more than four years, nearing, you know, four and a half years. So strange, I have never asked anything from anyone. My fridge is never empty. It is so full that I have to keep giving. <laughs> How it comes? Most unexpected places, most unexpected people, somebody will uh, give me chapat. In the ashram, you know, outside I understand, when you go, people take care of you. <laughs> somebody or the other will keep giving. And I'll always have even food. Which I don't need to because, you know, I have ashram food. Yeah. So that also very interestingly, like one of the ladies who, who would give me food time to time. So I told her, Didi, you don't give so much love, you don't give so much thank you, don't Then I thought there must be some secret to it, something connected mother. with mother. Yeah. Then I realized that uh, this lady who was giving me food, she was cooking in mother's kitchen for some of the people whom... Mother would want, right from the day when mother is physically present. I said, this is Prasad coming from mother's kitchen. The same hands uh, which have been trained by mother. She said then, she revealed that mother has trained me. So I feel like giving you. I said, then you are not feeling, it is Prasad. So I started, you know, relishing it and, you know. Uh, now otherwise in ashram, roti, sabji, it's not done and it just comes. And it comes and it goes into my fridge and I eat. So, so many things like that where more than what my physical mother can, you know, uh, would do, she looks after in the smallest detail of life. So, then uh, what more can one, you know, imagine? So, you know, this was like I am your physical mother also. So, then I, the new revelation that our parents actually are like the shadow realities of something deeper. And they must become representatives of the divine. It led to a chain of revelations. One of them was that this earth, there is a shadow play <clears throat> where each of us in whatever role we are must play the part, same part, as the divine would play it. So Yagnavalk's famous saying that, you know, one loves the wife not for the sake of the wife but for the sake of the self. One loves the child not for the sake of the child but for the sake of the self. This is Yobindo quotes it in the synthesis of yoga. And then he gives a very beautiful meaning to it. He says, when we are in the lower self, when, then we love with our ego self. When we are in the greater self, we lo love from that greater self. 
So since I had this experience a few years back, this whole meaning came and then the, everything began to change that well, um, earlier it was oh, detachment and trying to, you know, you have to turn only to her and so all this worldly play, this tendency in Indian mind. Then it was no, everything is her play. So every relation that you encounter in life is how the divine would act through that relationship. So it's a much greater challenge because I realized that living is such so simple and easy. But living it the way the divine would. And then this meaning of the phrase Isha Vasya Midam Sarvam Yad Kincha Jagat Yam Jagat began to reveal a new dimension that, you know, we have to live in the world as the divine would live in this world. With all its manifold relationships and issues and problems. So this was the take home point after that series of experiences. <laughs> and it made life very simple. Otherwise, unconsciously you divide it into two parts. And so this part you don't know how to handle. So it throws up its own challenges because you have never really looked into this part. And you want to be a sadhu bacha in that part. And this part is there. Then she turns your attention, then she changes the entire dynamic. So it's a wonderful uh, and joyous uh, experience which I am sharing since you asked me. <laughs> Now you, you were discussing that with Narad in the YouTube. Yes, yes. But I only got a glimpse of Yeah, it. yeah. some yeah. of them I have not. And actually yeah. it has, so it comes spontaneously like, mm. now you asked, I feel like sharing it, so I am sharing. It can't be yeah. done like, you know, oh, this happened to me in my life. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, there is a joy of it and there is a moment for it. Obviously, few years have to pass because that has to stabilize itself. Then you can talk about it. Otherwise, you can't talk about it also. And not with everyone you can talk about it. There are people who ask, how did you come to Madhya and Shobindo? So all that you can say is probably that, well, uh, I got a telegram and I came by train. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you don't feel the depth or sincerity of the question. But it felt like sharing. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Just a uh, <clears throat> few observations to help our study circle. When we heard Alabai reading Savitri, there is a learning path for us that we focus on the words and we develop a particular life speed with which yes. to read, then we absorb the words and the power, the mantra. So when we read it, we generally read too fast. We should slow down. So that's an observation which we find very helpful. Alokbaez mentioned he's a medical doctor. But he's a doctor of psychiatry. From that angle, the words which we hear in Sri Aurobindo's philosophy, the psychic being, is perhaps the most difficult word for people to relate to because he talks about God, he talks about Godhead, the divine. But the psychic being is perhaps the most difficult concept. If you can throw some light on that, please. So first, just a small little addition on that first thing. Very beautifully you spoke about the rhythm. So there are two ways to get the rhythm of Savitri. One is when we are in that inner state, the rhythm comes. 
but another way which is very simple is and maybe you know that can be done here is just to hear mother reading savitri and uh, we'll see that how she's reading it's very yeah. it's amazing so my little suggestion will be maybe it'll be nice to play uh, for a few minutes uh, mother's reading it's there with sunilda and there are number of passages without which are without music just a reading and if you want i can i don't know how to upload files and all but i can surely request someone or you have just mother's reading without the uh, if you type it in the book <coughs> okay it comes so it's worth you know because uh, this is the best way to get the someone told me I, i used to be very fond of writing poetry and someone said one of the best way to cultivate an ear for poetry is read good poetry so it's the simplest way because then you know we get it's difficult to describe and explain or analyze but when we get into it it's um, atmosphere it's mood it's intonation when we read poetry so same way when we hear mother's words uh, speaking savitri reading savitri then it's something wonderful then the second part yes very true about the psychic being and the reason is that uh, one it has not been much spoken about so we have a mention in the swetashrita upanishad for example antaha sharire jyotirmayo hi subro yam pashyanti radhyosh in dosha so there are some places or when um, kathopanishad yama se angusth matra purusha or we have in the gita para prakriti jeev bhutanam so there is there are references to the psyche but shorbindo has used the word psyche as something uh, which is uh, there is a subtle not difference but um, okay we can use the word difference from jivatma we know jivatma but we don't use the word psyche which is psychic being which is chaitya purusha now basically jivatma there are we, we can say the word that if we look at the yesterday that uh, beautiful question of stavros or rather the answer it was uh, very rightly that the divine wanted to become many so what he did from within himself he created many centers of consciousness like little seeds many centers of the divine consciousness like little seeds which will sprout into uh, divinity with over a period of time but seeds have to be put in some ground so we read yesterday that the inconscient gave is god nature's or god's self chosen room so he says okay so uh, in that inconscient the seed is sown so this seed which is sown in the inconscient is there is the jivatma which the divine created within himself now from that these jivatmas are aware of what their mission is what their purpose is because they exist in a plane where there is the awareness and that's why mother says very interestingly when somebody asked have you have we been with you in uh, previous lives she says yes we all been together in many lives only i am aware of it you are not aware so you know because the jivatma fundamentally is aware we have the image in the upanishad of the two birds one is sitting seated above the other is eating the fruit and this one is watching <laughs> this one so this jivatma sends a little projection like the sun sending the ray uh, into this field uh, to really blossom into the full divine stature now this goes this little thing goes into the Uh, mud of earth nature or even before that into the inconscient it's plunged and completely forgotten itself i think uh, we were reading that uh, was it today today we were reading that however great the person may be when he plunges he for you know he goes through that this is a state of self oblivion so it has to struggle because he, there is an angle of vision 
all that prayer which we are reading so it enters into the inconscient and it forgets itself and this too is a planned thing if it remembers it'll come back you know the story of the first four great sanat kumaras whom brahma orders to create srishti so uh, this srishti doesn't last is creating srishti but it doesn't last so they come back to him they say no we don't want to engage into this work so brahma asks shiva what should we do this srishti is not stabilizing itself so shiva says you have you have created as amaithuni srishti it must be a maithuni srishti maithuni mm-hmm. srishti means there would be duality there would be two poles and they will come together so maithuni srishti with the sexual reproduction you know this srishti is a maithuni srishti so here there is a complete self oblivion because Uh, you are as if split into two parts there's a lot of stories uh, which i am um, you know holding back i am feeling tempted to recount but uh, from shiv purana and many others but let me hold them back so essentially this seed has gone into inconscient forgotten itself because that is a perfect condition where it has to struggle now this struggle to emerge where we call suffering is the challenge now as it struggles to emerge it brings out its innate strength that because it's held within that's why sometimes when god gives us lot of help from every other outside resources maybe the time is not yet come for the full blossoming but when he decides you must grow then we feel like a castaway and you know <laughs> then our strength emerges you know that story of vishnu being tied in the lower lokas and shiva has to come so shiva has to remind him that you are vishnu not an ordinary person So how does Shiva do? He ties him and adds a battle, and all the gods are frustrated. Shiva and Vishnu is fighting, but now Vishnu can't fight Shiva unless he awakens his own powers. So slowly, slowly he awakens all his powers and he discovers, Ah, I am Vishnu, and you, I, why am I fighting with you? He says, That's all that I wanted. I don't want to fight with you, but this was a means to awaken you. so all the challenges in life is not about reward and punishment and karma and bad and good it simply means to awaken us to our own possibility like the pandavas were awakened to their mission by the challenges of life so then this psychic essence spark as it begins to blossom a time comes when it becomes fully aware of what it is here upon earth is conscious of itself then it becomes a being till then it's not a psychic being it's like we can say this seed is the tree but it's not really a tree we can say this bud is the rose but it's not actually a rose it's still the bud so for a long time we are just like that seed or the bud state so it's the psychic essence then the when it blossoms into a rose or the tree then it becomes conscious of its mission then nobody has to tell you know when people oh, what job should i do what should i do you are conscious of what you are born to do in savitri i think um, yesterday we had that line crossing a door of you know the last rock and a door of living fire in that passage we have a beautiful passage of the psychic being and then the psychic being fusing with the jivatman which is called as the central being in shurvindu's yoga so central being is up there it is the one which governs the play in time and space it chooses it says okay this life you i want to go through the life of a poor man and somebody asks the mother about bithoven what he will be in the next life so mother says uh, will he be an even greater musician mother says maybe a shoemaker <laughs> not because of punishment says it's approaching the same problem from a different angle he has approached it from one angle he must approach it from another angle 
or we could say in the indian setting maybe a chai wala to prove to the world that what a chai wala can do yeah, it's good so it may choose circumstances and situations which are really terrifying and come out of it because that's its mission then it becomes prepared and ready to understand life and work so this is how the psychic evolves through what we call in our ignorance and duality uh, binaries as good exp- and bad as punishment and reward there is no such thing as good and bad and punishment and reward it's a singularity of the divine love taking us through the journey towards the great ascension so this is what passage we can read and through that also we'll talk about and <clears throat> so this passage is where in savitri's yoga where she has uh, you know united with her soul in book 7 and we will go into the finding of the soul where there are several places this description of the psyche being one passage we had read yesterday now this is another passage and i am glad for this question because i felt oh psychic being is such a wonderful thing and we just touched upon it because time was running short so i am so happy that you know this came up again this is page 326 it is that part in us it's the part and parcel of the divine actually there is a whole story with the mother account that when creation plunged into darkness and inconscience and the gods didn't know what to do so they prayed for intervention rather they went to divine said it is too dark for us what shall you know we need some power that no darkness can eventually abolish so the divine mother says okay i'll put something from my own heart they ask for her own heart so she says okay something from my own heart i am going to give to you which will lead you through this journey and that something which pours out from the her own heart the most intense the most the purest the highest love that goes into the darkness it is that which crystallizes the psychic being that's why the soul in man knows the divine mother it, it doesn't have to be told you know she is mother why because of x y z you can't convince <coughs> but when the soul is awake it knows the divine mother simply because it is a portion of the divine mother it knows divinity wherever it sees divinity it will spontaneously be aware of that so we read that portion on page 526 <clears throat> and first it's described uh, as savitri is meeting her own being and then about in general a being stood immortal in transience yesterday we read this line immortal in our mortal poverty and today we have this line immortal in our transient everything perishes except that isha upanishad would say vayuranil amritam ashedam bhasmantam shariram om kritosmar kritam smar kritosmar kritam smar oh will that which was done remember it's a cryptic way of reminding us remember that origin deathless dallying with momentary things several places we'll see in savitri shubhendra uses a most common place word and lifts it to what great heights a word he has used is loiter now normally when we are children we heard it in a very negative way don't loiter around the corridor shubhendra species in nature's board uh, uh, movements loiters <coughs> secret god in nature's instrument he is loitering looking for an opening and he will enter so he loiters secret god so here he dallying 
dallies with mortality. Okay, let me play a game. The psychic says, "Who will play against you? Death. <laughs> it has to, you know, he must be worthy of, you know, the challenge. What is the use of, uh, you know, it plays a game where you have problems of job and money and all these are ordinary problems. <clears throat> the psychic takes the biggest challenge. Okay, opponent death. What it's going to do? It'll keep destroying whatever form you inhabit. All right, done. No term is fixed for this event. One day I'm going to conquer it. So, dallying with mo mon uh, momentary things. <laughs> I was going to read <laughs> monetary things. <laughs> so, the ego self dallies with monetary things. <laughs> the psychic dallies with momentary things. In whose wide eyes of tranquil happiness, which pity and sorrow could not abrogate. It's always in a state of joy and tranquility. Pity, oh, why this happened? Sorrow, no, it doesn't. Ego self suffers. Ego self feels insulted. Ego self feels humiliated. But the psychic rejoices. You know that famous, one of my favorite lines of Bulesha, Teri talwar ke niche mein kar ke I think some would understand, others won't. Bulesha is saying, you are holding a sword over my head and you are cutting my body to pieces. With each drop of blood, I am dancing with joy, saying thaiya thaiya. They distorted this song in that movie, Chaiya Chaiya. The Chaiya Chaiya song comes originally from here. The Thaiya Thaiya part is Chaiya Chaiya. <laughs> Nothing else is. <laughs> but they, very intuitively, they have taken it. There is the dance and dancing over the train top. God knows who would dance over the train top like this. But it's no less dangerous. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, <clears throat> infinity turned its gaze on finite shapes. It looks upon finite things. Observer of the silent steps of the hours. Eternity upheld the minutes acts and the passing scenes of the everlasting's play. That's how it looks at it. Yeah. There is another very beautiful uh, description of the psyche vases, the fire within and, and, and a voice overhead and how it sees the centuries pass. You know, one of the ways to enter into the psychic state is to contemplate the boundlessness of time and the, endless, uh, the boundlessness of space and the endlessness of times. How many lives we have lived and how many we are going to live. What a vast space. And then we come back to this moment which has caught us. And we feel liberated because we feel, oh, I'm giving so much importance to this. That famous Solomon story of this too shall pass. So coming back to the psychic. In the divine comment, in the mystery of its selecting will, it chooses what circumstance is going to pass through. Nobody has, there's no punishment or reward going on. I have chosen. What a great, you know, it, it, I call the shots. If I have been in the prison, it's because I have chosen for it. That's what Guru Nanak says to Bandha Sahib. No? When he says, you in prison, how can that be possible? He says, don't question God. Try to understand his ways. Tomorrow morning I'll tell you. <laughs> so this, this idea that I am the one who has chosen to go through it empowers me. That I must discover what is the lesson in it. What is it that I want to grow through it? That's the only thing worth knowing. All is that complaining, grudging, so and so did this to me. It doesn't lead us anywhere. Except the lawsuits where we shed our money and somebody builds his empire. So, But to discover this, so 
in the divine comedy a participant that's the only part which can look at this play and say it's a comedy <laughs> it's a divine comedy comedy of errors if you like but nevertheless a comedy in the divine comedy a participant god's the spirit's conscious representative god's delegate in our humanity that's why it's important see the link mother says is the closest to man and this is most accessible shubhendra even says is the first step in the yoga otherwise yoga can be very dangerous because you know god's bearing god's rush we were reading it'll break us apart but the psychic must first step out and prepare our nature that's why in the beginning uh, as he starts sitting to search for the secret soul savitri hears a command and then you know she has this wonderful words that but for this high spiritual change to be earth must transform itself and equal heaven but how it will come about she, she says very beautifully that but for this the heavenly psyche must put off her veil and step into common nature's crowded room first that step must happen because she will set things right she had come comrade of the universe the transcendence ray what beautiful description you no know, comrade of the universe not confined to this or that identity who are you i play with the universe it's my playmate and where have you come from who is your parent the transcendent she had come into the mortal body's room to play a ball to play at ball with time and circumstance create time and circumstance are on one side they are given the freedom to create anything and the psyche the conscious representative the kartike fighting uh, what was that uh, fellow asura uh, tarkasur fighting alone with all the deceptions of asuri maya and even divine mother wonders because she loves the child no she says are you sure tell shiva he says this is a challenge and he'll grow through it no god can beat him he has got the most impossible bones and kartike says i am going to take it kartike is the symbol of the psychic in indian thought so he represent that fire is born of the parentage of the energy of shiva and parvati why says i'll go and fight so plays at ball <laughs> who is the opposite not some cricket team time and circumstance you we whatever you want to i'll navigate my way through now look at the the power of these lines and how it uh, energizes us a joy in the world her master movement here everything it takes in and turns into joy master movement psychic is never stressed out the passion of the game lighted her eyes not like you know those ascetics seeking ah this world is full of sorrow suffering i am going into nirvana this is nothing to do with psychic such hara thaka hua aadmi good for nothing fellow deprived even of the rasa of the senses psychic doesn't do that it says many lives all right thousand lives all right your work has to be done this is the way psychic responds a smile on her lips welcomed earth's bliss and grief it always smiles with joy because it trusts the divine <clears throat> a laugh was a return to pleasure and pain best way to disarm the adversary 
Mother says, what you should never forget, this wonderful laughter of the Supreme. He says, the adversary is disarmed. When difficulties come and we start feeling afraid, he says, very good. So it will keep mounting. Don't think. Asura finds it a good food. <clears throat> and when it comes, you laugh and say, you fellow, behind your mask is none else but the divine. You want to cheat me? Then he will say, oh my God, how does he know my secret? <laughs> oh, divine is there with him. I better take to my heels. So mother says, the best way to disarm the adversary is to laugh at him. So this is how the psychic reacts to circumstances. <clears throat> All things she saw as a masquerade of truth. It's not truth and lie, but lie is a mask. Truth has worn around itself. This is oneness, utter oneness. Now here lie is not just speaking lie. I am this body is a lie. But we are all the time believing it. What is hidden behind it is truth. So there is a line in Savitri. The body is the chrysalis of truth. Like the cocoon which hides the butterfly inside. Disguised in the costumes of ignorance. See Savitri is so simple. Costumes of ignorance. It's wearing all kinds of in beggars clothes walks the un. The unalloyed one in different clothes. He walks. So, <clears throat> crossing the years to immortality. All she could front with the strong spirit's peace. This is the real secret. If we have it, then we have it. And no power on earth, no adversary, no difficult circumstances can ever hurt or harm us. In fact, they will feed it. Its strength, like the Pandavas growing stronger and stronger <clears throat> through all adversity. But where does it come from? But since she knows the toil of mind and life, the divine knows it's not easy to live out here. So, what does he provide? You know, that story of Kunti sending Karna away. What does she send Karna along with? Nothing but just a thread and a prayer. To the sun god. I don't know. You take care. Karna grows up into a mighty warrior. Yesterday we were speaking about that. So what does the divine mother do? She knows we are going to have a tough life. People often say. Why God has made me so poor? Are what he has given you is <laughs> worth. <laughs> there is nothing on earth which can buy it. So, but since. Look at the lines. But since. She knows the toil of mind. <clears throat> and life as a mother feels and shares her children's lives. She puts forth a small portion of herself. She has given herself. Now, what does it mean to have a portion of the Divine Mother within us? That story. You know, when sometimes parents uh, come and say, <clears throat> we are worried about our children. So there are various things that happen and they come and ask yeah, as a psychiatrist. So I ask them that you may you may not trust your children but do you trust your upbringing? <laughs> do you trust yourself? Well, If you trust yourself and your upbringing you must know that doesn't matter. They will seek freedom. They will go. They will meet their own unique challenges of life. But they will come out of it. Because you have put your love into them and this love is the greatest safety it's not a set of rules 
but this love that you have put so she knows so what she has put a portion of herself and what does this do a being no bigger than the thumb of man into a hidden region of the heart the whole secret is being given to us where has she put here with us to face the pang and to forget the bliss because it has to face kurukshetra the whole chapter in essays on the gita man and the battle of life and then kurukshetra why it must come then only we are ready for the vision of the integral divine as krishna that's what we are saying the integral the vision of the divine documented in our literature the very few places it comes there is the rishis were but it comes most prominently and strikingly where in the gita strange what are arjuna's qualification he is not even initiated into the great uh, you know mystery in some kevan he is not doing any sitting tapasya cross legged and this and that nothing and he is qualified why because he has faced the battle of life with the true spirit not shrunk from it he is wanting to shrink and shri krishna tells him if you want to do it mind you i'll create instruments but you are going to be a loser of something and he trusts the words and comes back so to face the pang and to forget the bliss to share the suffering and endure earth's wounds why does it happen we don't even ask it we, we don't even question it you know people question god why don't you give me uh, what i want but look at it what he has given us something much greater people go through suffering distress all of us have gone through it various forms of you know adi vyadi daivik daihik bhautik but at the end of the day after a day two days few days weeks something takes away who has gone through it and bounced back on life you know humanity this capacity to bounce back on life is marvelous it's something one should adore and love this is because this is seated here portion of her so it bounces back endures it doesn't uh, refuse to love because it was cheated once it gets back it says no love endures love is true so what if i have gone through an experience or two experiences or three experiences it doesn't matter it believes in love it believes in beauty it believes in goodness it believes in the joy of life <clears throat> and labor meet the labor of the stars that's what we are here for this in us laughs and weeps suffers the stroke because it has identified now with it exults in victory struggles for the crown <coughs> identified with the mind and body and life it takes on itself the anguish and defeat <coughs> bleeds with fate's whips and hangs upon the cross yet is the unwounded and immortal self identified so that time it goes through all these experiences another place it is it drinks experience like a strengthening wine so what does it mean yet is the unwounded self cricket match going on so when two people two teams are playing on the field it's like i got to win and when you lose your wicket you feel you have you know thrown your people throw their bad do all kinds of things or when you take a wicket you oh wonderful but after the match is over what begins party <laughs> they forget they sit together come let's be friends cheers 
it's actually there in the mahabharata you know after this described after the great war is over all the souls of the pandavas and kauravas they come out of the pond and they mingle with each other embrace okay game is over <laughs> we, we have a mahabharata to clear from our minds but it's cleared because it was an experience so in the described baji prabhu how baji prabhu takes on that an army of 10000 motley crowd of you know mughals and pathans and afghans and rajputs and they're just 50 and how they hold and how baji prabhu and when you read it you describe you you know this is only a person who is conscious of his psychic being can do it and he says that when tanaji malsure says i am going to i know you are going to die because now there are hardly 20 and you have asked me to get shivaji but i know you are going to die he says when i come back i'll light a pyre for you the kind of which nobody has ever seen i'll give you a royal farewell baji and shobindo describes this poem worth reading if you if one is about to die one will sit and get so <coughs> i've experienced this you know that you can really bounce back is so powerful veeras so baji says what what did you say did i get it right you are going to burn me you will burn me this 5 feet body you think is me ah forget about it i will meet you I will wait for you when you come, and we'll embrace each other and say, "So, how was the battle and how was the life?" <laughs> He says, "You really think I am going to die and you are going to burn me?" Is Nenam Shiddanti Shastrani? That truth comes out so beautifully. It's not just that soul is indestructible. When we live by the consciousness of the soul, then the very body shares its contact, and he says, "So what? A thousand times I die, and thousand times I will return." so this is the state of the psychic supporting the actor in the human scene the mother described it in a way that the body is and the outer personality is the lamp and the divine is the generator and psychic is the wire that connects the divine with the lamp so it's the most important thing otherwise you have the you have a belief there is god and you know the body but there is no connection so this is the connection so that's why he is describing through this she sends us her glory and her powers this is the easy door of access if you open this door all that we seek will pour into us all this radiant streams the sweetness the love the ananda will come through this door <coughs> pushes to wisdom's heights through misery's gulfs the chosen ones mother says that that you know it is said that uh, the chosen ones of the divine the divine is you know takes them through you know they have to go through a lot of struggle and then she says you think it is a joke but it's very true and there is a joke about it also because it's a well known phrase that the chosen ones have to go through a lot of struggle so the joke about it is that's why god has so few friends <laughs> because if you are god's friend then it's not just okay you be peaceful he'll say come with me where are you going i want to clean the drain pipe what you got to do that yes of course i descend into hell also so through misery's gulfs there also a work of god is going on and we we are happy because it's it's our work which you know one does everywhere she gives us strength to do our daily task and sympathy that partakes of others griefs 
this is the only part which can truly sympathize all other parts carry when the ego sympathizes it puts a show of sympathy deep inside it feels oh god mera sath nahi hua you know when somebody dies in a tragic crash ah i am saved the psychic will never feel like that the ego self outside bahut bura hua aapka sath very bad you know i know it must be but deep inside ah everything is fine in with me but the psychic no it understands the grief and pain of earth <clears throat> but this is a not a weak sympathy but it has the compassion to uplift and the little strength we have to help our race from here the strength comes not from the mind and other members we who must fill the role of the universe acting itself out in a slight human shape and on our shoulders carry the struggling world this is the symbol of the cross that humanity bears each one must bear their own cross what part can bear the psychic how does it bear the cross each of us carries something which is undivine or dark within us instead of trying to escape from that into a sadhu bachcha attitude holy robes and do unholy things but look holy except that there is within us something which is dark and struggling offer it to the divine and it will get transmuted this is the cross we bear so this is what the psychic bears and then this in us is the godhead small and marred this temple this godhead whom we have never worshiped or visited in this human portion of divinity she seeds the greatness of the soul in time that's what psychic being is the soul evolving in time rather than the central being which is beyond time and space the jivatma and the chatya chatya enters into the play of time and space it evolves through life towards its full manifestation to uplift from light to light from power to power till on a heavenly peak it stands a king so what is the goal of a journey when we discover we are master of nature and not its slave that's why mother says who is an apprentice superman who anybody who is striving to master nature in whatever way because that is the movement of the psychic it doesn't want to remain a slave so it wants to master in whatever way so that's ultimately its destiny in body weak in its heart an invincible might it climbs tumbling held up by an unseen hand a toiling spirit in a mortal shape invincible might which doesn't give up even in death it says i'll return you know the story of vedvati and she is burning she says ravana because of you i am dying but i'll return and destroy you same thing you know with uh, was this other lady who returns back on bhishma amba i am dying you have fooled me but i'll return back and be the cause of your death so this story doesn't it it must become a king on its heavenly peak must become master of nature whatever we tried in this life and didn't succeed we are going to succeed in lives to come because it's a constant evolutionary journey it's not that you know one life either you fail or you succeed that's uh, you know not fair but it's a constant process a toiling spirit in a mortal shape 
Actually, the story I'm reminded of is Prithvi Singh, Prithvi Raj Chauhan, you know, you must be aware of this story. He was blinded and he sat, you know, yeah, the king, the Mughal king asked him, what do you uh, want? I believe you can shoot arrows on hearing the sound. Can you do it for me? It will be very amusing to everyone. He says, all right, I'll do it for you. But I have one condition. I want my poet friend to be by my side, Chandavardai. So he's sitting by the side. Now the poet has understood what he wants. He's not given up. He's blinded. He has nothing to fight. But he still nurtures that this sultan must go. This tyrant whom I, 17 times I have forgiven him, but he has come back. He's not worthy anymore of being forgiven. So what he does, Chandvardai tells him that this is the place where the sultan is sitting. Char haath chobis gaj angulast praman. Tau par sultan hai machu ko chohan. He says, fine. Bring the gong anywhere. <laughs> because, you know, they think he's going to shoot the arrow on the gong. But he has given him the coordinates. And he rings the gong and this fellow shoots the arrow in the, on the sultan. This spirit of not giving up. It's not about a man or, you know, fighting another person. It's about the spirit, invincible might. This can be there only in the psychic. Only when all seems lost that we must make a supreme act of faith in the grace and know that it will never fail us. These are mother's words. Only when everything seems lost. Still. So that is the psychic experience. It climbs, stumbling, held up by an unseen hand. A toiling spirit in a mortal shape. And now this is the description where the fusion takes place with the Jivatma. You become conscious of the mission. Here, in this chamber of flame and light they met, they looked upon each other, knew themselves, the secret deity and its human part. So there is the one which is sitting beyond time and place, space, preparing us through lives and lives to fulfill that original will of the divine within each one of us. And it goes and reaches that point with all the experience the calm immortal and the struggling soul, that Dwa Suparna of the Upanishad. Then with the magic transformations speed, they rushed into each other and grew one. So it's a it's a beautiful the most beautiful part of this journey is to discover the psychic being. The first step of the yoga. And the way is uh, very simple. Um, one is of course concentrating in the heart. That's for those who want a more psychophysical way. <laughs> See, Mother describes that. Uh, why, first we must raise this question. Why do you want the yoga? To get powers, to get this, to get that, to help humanity. None of these motives show that we are ready for the path. So then you sit and draw back the consciousness from its, all its entanglements and plunge into the heart. Yesterday we spoke about it, that, that we become laser. There must be energy. That's why conserving energy is important. We can't concentrate if there is no energy to concentrate. <laughs> you know, Ramakrishna would say that if you churn water, you won't get makhan out of it. Because all the energy is diluted. So it should be milk. And then you churn, then makhan will come out. So that's how... Uh, one, one way is this interiorization, to concentrate in the heart, go deeper, deeper, deeper. And then the way the simpler of, the simplest of the simplest 
is love, devotion, faith, surrender to the Divine Mother. So, the more we surrender to her, the more she... Because this is the door which she opens first. So, that's the simple way. But to each is calling. And the two are not either or. They go together. The more we surrender to her, the more we have the faith, the more we... Now, this surrender word is not like with my ego interest. Surrender means thaiya thaiya. <laughs> what you will, as thou willest, as thou willest. That surrender. Surrender is like when, you know, General Niazi with his 193,000 troops surrender to General Aroda, the 71 war. So what does it mean? That's an example of surrender. Now, whatever you do, you can imprison us, free us, whatever. We can't, you can't after that claim your own will. Surrender literally means that. You can't say, look, you know, now you got to do this with me. No, sir, you are surrendered. I may treat you like a king, as, you know, Porus said that to Alexander. Treat me as you would treat a king. But technically, he, he could not be. So surrender means that, mother, you want me to be here, there, be a king, be a beggar, whatever. Your will should be done. So that surrender is very difficult. But with that surrender and devotion and faith not based on proofs and ambitions or a clouded faith faith that the divine exists even if the whole world denies it even if in my life I have every experience contrary to it yet this faith this is the faith which comes from the soul and this brings us straight to the divine which yeah, there is a logic to it incidentally people say it is blind there is a great logic to it and the logic is very simple I often say this is the smartest move that any person can ever make. The most practical thing. Because it means I value the divine in my life more than anything else. Okay, I have everything wonderful. But if you give me a choice, I want you. Now imagine, who is a smart fellow? One who, the story of Esau and Jacob, barters or bargains the soul, the birthright for a pot of porridge. That's the story, isn't it? Or the one who says, porridge can wait. But birthright is my birthright. To be the divine mother's child is my birthright and my privilege. And nobody can take it away from me. But if I have other things, wonderful. 